Welcome to this special ringside edition of Fight Until the Bell Rings, a podcast that teaches evangelism with a bit of a boxing flair. I'm your coach, Willie Southpaw Soapbox Needham, and joining me today in the studio is Johnny Jabs. Welcome, John. Hey, Willie, how's it going? Uh, it's going fantastic. Uh, in fact, if there were, if, if I was doing any better, there'd have to be two of me. That would be weird. Right? <laughs> so perhaps I should be thankful that there is only one of me. Yes, indeed. Well, although, if there were two of you, then that would be just one more person that would be super passionate about sharing the gospel with other people. So, maybe we accept all the controversy about cloning and whatnot for, for the sake of that, you know? Oh. But speaking <laughs> of people who are passionate about evangelism and the gospel, our guest today is the Campus Ministry Coordinator for Gospel Partners Media, which is home to Wretched TV and Radio, so please welcome to the program, Jennifer Pepling. Welcome, Jennifer. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure having you. This is a, it's been really, really fun getting to know you and, and your work in the Lord and, and your ministry projects and things like that. Uh, it's really, really re- neat stuff. I love seeing your work on Facebook. Uh, so I'm very, very encouraged by that. And I am excited to do this podcast. Amen. Mm, same here. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> well at the end of the program, we'll make sure to give all of the ways in which you can contact Jen. But uh, I have to say, uh, just on the onset, uh, when I first, when you first got in touch with us, and Jen, you and I began a dialogue about potentially doing a podcast with our ministry. I checked out your website, just like we would check out anybody's website, kind of, you know, proof them and verify that everybody's legit, so to speak. <laughs> But uh, I was really impressed with with uh, your ministry's website. It is just fantastic, not just in the sense of the, the graphics and being able to navigate it easy and whatnot. That's all fantastic. But just all the content on there. Oh my goodness! Like yeah, you could really just fantastic. Off, visit your website and leave your website pretty much knowing how to preach the gospel to people. <laughs> it was like pretty amazing. Amen. And that's exactly what we want to do. I have several people who contact us um, from Asia and Africa and say, hey, we want to be a part of your ministry. And I tell them, you know what, look, we're a teeny tiny ministry. I can't really help you in Africa. But I send them different links on our website so they can uh, go through and learn how to share the gospel. Um, I've even had to send stuff overseas to people to help them go and share the gospel and so we want to have a website. That's our goal. We actually do a, an evangelism crash course. We go to churches and for free we'll show up, train everybody up how to share the gospel, give basic apologetics, and then we take them out on the street to make sure that they can do it right away. So that way they leave saying, I learned how to do it and I did it and we'll stand right next to people. Uh, this past uh, two weeks ago, no, last weekend, we did a, an evangelism crash course, then we did our uh, CMT campus mission tour, and we had people that had never shared the gospel before. We took them through the crash course, they went on to the college campus with us and shared the gospel for the very first time. We had the one young lady, um, she was like, I don't think I can hand out tracks, I can't even do that. She, sat, she stood next to me for about a half hour while we were out on the campus, and then by the end, she was like, hey, no, come here, you boy, and she was sharing the gospel with him. It was awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that is definitely what we are all about, yeah. Praise God. Amen. Amen. That website, by the way, uh, again, we'll repeat it at the end of the show, but that, that website for Jen's ministry that, that she runs is changeyourcampus.com. That's changeyourcampus.com. All spelled out, no funky spellings for anything, changeyourcampus.com. She heads up a ministry called Christian Collegian Network. Uh, don't ask me how to spell collegian. Although we'll put I, a I link guess... in the show notes for all of that information, so that way it'll be spelled out for you, too. <laughs> that was pretty good there, Willie. We all spelled out for you, because I think it's spelling. Anyhow. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, so, Jen, um, I'd like to know, tell us a little bit about this ministry, the Christian Collegian Network. Um, what got what got it started? Oh, amen. Uh, what happened was, is that uh, Tiffany wanted to teach other campus ministries uh, how to share the gospel using the good person test, but none of the other ministries were interested. And so she 
decided, okay, we're just going to start our own campus ministry uh, to go onto the college campuses and share the gospel. So basically what we do is we go onto the college campuses and we purposefully share the gospel, hand out tracts, open air preach, witness one-to-one, and we invite the students out to Bible study so we can train them up to exactly the same thing as we're doing. And so what we want to do is we want to train up the students in um, good theology. We want to teach them evangelism, apologetics. We want to give them basic discipleship. Okay, you know, you need to pray. You need to read your Bible. This is how you read your Bible. But then we also want to train them up to be leaders. They're going to be graduating from college and being and going into the workforce as adults, but we also want them to go back to their churches and and you know be a part of the church. So we want them. We want to teach them how to lead uh, prayer meetings, how to lead a Bible study, um, and then basically how to start up the campus ministry just like we do. And so I've had students that have gone through. They they graduated from college and then they went out to be missionaries, or they and, and they came back to me and said, you know what, Jen, other missionaries missionary groups are not doing what you're doing. You're actually sharing the gospel. And I've also had ones who didn't even do that route and just came straight to us and started uh, being campus leaders for us because they realized. Most of the college students do not know the gospel. 80% of the of the students who go to college, you know, who are church kids are leaving are leaving Christianity. They're walking away from their faith and it's because they don't have they don't know what the gospel message is and they don't know how to defend it. They don't know basic apologetics. There's simple apologetics, there's easy answers. They just need to know them and a lot of churches are are really failing uh, the youth by not giving them that information. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I, I, man, do I ever echo that? In fact, uh, the Lord gave me opportunity early on uh, after I got saved in, in my super senior year of college. Uh, <laughs> that you know, I got to um, kind of, I don't know, fall into. It wouldn't say jump or dive into, because <laughs> it was kind of thrust upon me, but fall into the. Um, world of apologetics when you know I was at a, a study party yes I put those two words together in the same sentence it was a homework <laughs> party <laughs> with uh, flashcards show me your flashcards uh, Willie <laughs> come on forgive us folks please <laughs> uh, any case. so yeah it's just uh, you know what us engineers find fun I suppose but in any case and so uh, a friend of mine was striking up a, a real good conversation with uh, this other Catholic friend of ours who went to university with us. And so uh, my friend was debating this other guy about the um, reliability of scripture. I don't know what started it because I was busy studying whatever it was, thermodynamics or uh, heat transfer or whatever. <laughs> and uh, And so the discussion, though, got quite um loud <laughs> not so much yelling at each other but you know when you get passionate about something then your voice just kind of increases you can't help but overhear it so it got to a point where i was just like i forgot about my studies and i just started like listening to what they were talking about and so it got to a point where my friend john turned to me and <laughs> he said to me he's like listen john i i really got to get going but i don't want to i don't want to leave him hanging with this can can you like step in and finish this for me? As it was funny because it was almost like a a, a wrestling team kind of thing. <laughs> you know, it was like you know my friend John tagged out and I tagged in and I sat in there with the guy and and just kind of got caught up on what they were talking about. And so he he started on you know controversies or not controversies. Um, what am I looking for? Contradictions in the Bible. And I was like. Oh, okay. Well, show me one. You know, I mean, you know, if you're going to make an accusation, then burden of proof is on you, buddy. <clears throat> so, yep. so yeah. So he pulled one out, uh, which is a very common one. Is the the whole genealogy contradiction? Mm. And again, reminder to our listening audience: there's no such thing as a contradiction. Only the mere appearance of contradictions. <laughs> I mean, yeah. honest, it takes a little bit you, of. You have a you have paradox and you have discrepancy but not contradictions. Amen. Yeah. So really, honestly, if, if uh, you know how to use Google, you can pretty well <laughs> um, debunk any biblical uh, 
supposed contradiction. So in any case, he, he, he uh, threw that one at me. And uh, at that point, I had never defended the faith before, really, uh, in this sense. And praise God, God blessed me with these exact words of, you know what? Uh, I don't know. I don't know the answer to that, to be honest with you. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to research it this week. I'm going to find out. I'm going to do my research. And when we see each other at InterVarsity on Friday, I'll tell you what I found out. And he was kind of like, all right. <laughs> you know, kind of, you know, thought he kind of got me there. And then I just kind of deflated the whole thing with that. And so sure enough, I did. I did do the research. And, um, you know, I mean, again, I encourage anybody to just go ahead and do the research. I'm not going to go ahead and explain it all here on this program. I don't have the time for that. But uh, long story short, got together on Friday. I showed him everything that I found. And let me tell you why it was cool. I encourage anybody study the genealogies. Don't just like skip over them. When you read through Matthew and Luke, like I actually do a study on them. It is so cool. Not yeah, only is. is the thing of like, you know, Matthew being the genealogy that follows Joseph and Luke being the one that follows Mary and all the cultural things about Heli being Mary's father and you know, Joseph being regarded as his son, culturally speaking, and the language not having a word for son-in-law at the time. Then on top of that, it's almost like as if God said, you know what, I'm just going to throw in a little bit of extra spice just to blow their minds. When you study the genealogies, I told the kid, you find that all the spots where the genealogies split are the people whom God cursed and said, your line will be cut off and blah, 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 blah. And all the spots where they rejoin again are all the people whom God blessed and said, you know, that many people will be blessed through your seed and things of that nature. It was just like when you, so when you line up the two genealogies together, it's like hidden and woven within the genealogies is a super cool pattern. <laughs> just like blew my brains out with excitement when, when I saw that <clears throat> in my research. So, you know, Anywho, it's just really exciting to delve into apologetics and to delve into all this kind of stuff with with students. And what I find is is great is you know there there's a lot of them that are genuinely hungry for um, learning, genuinely hungry for listening and kind of figuring things out. Um, and and really at that point the the concrete of their worldview is is setting rather quickly <laughs> so you know it's it's a, a good time to intervene you know on that subject i have a question for you jen regarding uh ministering to millennials so you ministered a lot to college students which at this point now is um pretty much all the millennial generation um there's lots of people today that have got all sorts of different thoughts and opinions on the millennial generation but i'm wondering you what is the best way that we can kind of tap into the millennials' intellect, so to speak, to help shake up their worldview? And, like, how do you do that, and how do you personally segue that into the gospel? Amen. You know what? I actually always start with the gospel. Uh, I just, you know, just hand out tracts and ask them, you know, if you die today, would you go to heaven or hell? And a lot of times at that point, they'll they'll tell you, oh, I'll go where I'm going to go, and this is my righteousness, this is why. You know, I ask them why. Um, or sometimes I just ask them, you know, straight in, uh, would you consider yourself to be a good person? And I'm sure all of your listeners know the the good person test. But then um, after I share the gospel with them, I ask them uh, to tell me, what's the, what is uh, stopping you from repenting and putting your faith in Jesus? And so then they'll tell you, you know, oh, this is why, you know, these are the issues um, that I have. A lot of times they'll tell you, Oh well, I have I have science, or you know, I don't believe. And you and you ask them why, and they say like, "Oh, there's there's just no proof, right?" They'll say no proof. And uh, so uh, one of the things that uh, that I ask them, I ask them, you know, oh, you know, do you uh, do you believe in an evolution, the Big Bang? You know, is your is your brain the result of ra random chemical reactions, right? And if there's there's no God, then you have no soul, and you're just you know, just chemical reactions, right? And they're like, yeah. So I, I ask them, okay, if I shake up a coconut Sprite and it open them up and they fizz everywhere, which one's morally right and which one's morally wrong? And uh, and they're like, 
well, they're just chemical reactions. They can't be. And I'm like, exactly. That's the issue is that if you have no soul, if you have no creator, then your brain reactions are just random chemical reactions. How can you, your chemical brain reactions, judge that person's chemical brain reactions, right? You can't have right and wrong, morally right and wrong. They're just chemical reactions. So then I know now I ask them, you know, was Hitler wrong when he killed the Jews? And they'll say, yes, it was wrong. And so then I ask him, you know, well, why, why was that wrong, right? And, and why was that wrong? And, and, the, and a lot of times they'll say, oh, well, you know, um, we, they evolved, we evolved, we got our morals, t- you know, from an evolutionary process. I'm like, well, their morals evolved to say that it was okay to kill the Jews and your morals evolved to say that it's wrong. Who are you to impose your chemical reactions, you know, thoughts on their chemical reaction thoughts. Um, the sad thing is, is that a lot of times going down through this process is I've had students say, well, I guess what Hitler did was okay. And I'm like, what? Oh. <laughs> I'm like, how can that be acceptable to you, right? And and so the, the issue is, is that even if you give them like this great argument, they like want to stand and defend their, their argument as opposed to, um, giving it up. And so they'll tell you crazy things. I actually on campus have asked people, you know, to give me your wallet. They'll say, there is no right and wrong. You know, there, there is no absolute truth. And I'll say, okay, give me your wallet. The funny thing is they give me their wallet. So (laughs) they hand me their wallet and I go, okay, so (laughs) my truth is that this wallet is mine. Right. And, and so it's good for me. And so I'm just going to keep this because it, it's mine. What do you think about that? And they have let me walk like 50 feet away without saying anything because they refuse to give up their view. They refuse to tell me, no, that is wrong and it's stealing. I'm like... All right, John, I think I have our uh, fundraising idea for the year. <laughs> I was just thinking that, Willie. <laughs> just hurry it up, go on our phone and order like, you know, 2,000 gospel tracks or something. <laughs> Be like, look, and make sure you get it on tape, right? To say, look, they said it was my wallet. It was good for me, right? Because people people have this view, but they don't live like that. You know, like they don't go like, oh, to the police officer, it pulls them over. They don't be like to the police officer, look, I don't think you really exist. And your ticket is is of your morals. And I don't, I don't go with those morals. So you can't give me a ticket, right? I don't believe in tickets. You know, you don't live your life like that, you know? <laughs> I want to ask a police officer how many times they get that. Right. <laughs> I don't think there's. I don't think there's an if. It's a how many times does it happen? Really, you think so? I, I very much. I. It. It's just a hunch, but it's it's quite the hunch. I mean, it. You know. Well, let me tell you my favorite story. You know, because people today they're like, oh, you know, I have my pronouns. You have to call me. So this is what I did. We were in, in Union Square, a repent and witness. It's our summer um, missions trip to New York City. So, and in New York City, you get, I think it's, I can't remember if it's a $40,000 fine or a $200,000 fine if you don't use their, you know, their pronouns. So I figured, okay, this is how it works. Dude's yep. like, well, this is what I want you to call me. And I was like, okay, well, I ain't calling you that unless you call me your majesty. So for the next half an hour, as we're open, as I'm over here preaching and dialoguing back and forth with this guy, he called me Your Majesty, and it was awesome because he would bow. He would ask what he would say. He would bow, and then he'd ask his question. And it turned out just because he did that, he was like so much nicer than he was earlier. But you know, you figure if we're gonna be uh, doing uh, imagination, you know, what I mean? if we're gonna be doing pretend, we should both participate, right? So I'm Your Majesty. That way, you know. This is make believe, right? Wow! Well done. Very nice. <laughs> that is just brilliant. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, Jen. We're definitely going to have to talk uh, after the show about how we can partner up for some of those New York City trips because that sounds like a lot of fun. And if any of our listeners, any of our listeners are are hearing this <clears throat> and want to participate again, we'll make sure that in the show notes on the website. Well, at the end of the show, you'll, you'll have everything you need to be able to get in contact and find out the information you need. So, okay. So what, what are like the top three to five things that we should keep in mind uh, when we are engaging millennials to preach the gospel? I mean, it's clear that, um, 
it's clear that they're a very different generation than um, than all their predecessors. I mean, you could probably say that about most generations, um, but there's definitely some striking features about the millennial generation. Um, so I, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that with your experience in witnessing with them. Amen. And so one thing we all have to always have to remember is that uh, they all they all have a conscience. They all know right and wrong, regardless if they're going to um, admit it. We want to uh, use the Bible with them. They say, oh, you know, the Bible, I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe the Bible. It, it doesn't even matter if they're uh, Hindu, if they're Muslim, right? That's our sword. We, we should never, ever, never put it away, regardless of what they think they believe. A lot of times what I do is I have in my Bible, I have things underlined so that these are scriptures I go to. And so I just take them to the scriptures and, and let them uh, read them out loud. Um, yeah. They have not heard the gospel, um, even if they claim to be Christians, they have not heard the gospel. Mm. They even if they they go to church, they don't know what it is. I uh, yesterday I asked a bunch of students who claim to be Christians. I said, "Okay, give me the gospel." Not a single one of them could tell me, you know, in a short sentence, what is the gospel? You know, all I'm looking for is is the gospel is Jesus lived a perfect life, he died on the cross, he rose from the grave. You know, you got to repent and trust Jesus, like. Just give me that, right? Not a single one of them could give it to me. Good thing you didn't have a knife in your back. Right? I know. I love that one. But they can't tell you how to get to heaven. <laughs> yes, exactly. I've done that. But And then after they go down a rabbit hole, you just want to bring them back to the gospel, bring them back to the gospel um, over and over again. Um, a, lot of, a lot of times you just want to reason from the scriptures and say things like, you know what, that's, that's not what the Bible says. But it, one of the big ones is uh, dealing with evolution. They pretty much believe that that is outright fact, which is crazy. And, and they don't teach logic in high school anymore, right? And they couldn't because they teach evolution. You can't teach the two of them together, right? And so I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you guys have ever uh, did, uh, read Greg Kokel's stuff, but he goes through, um, there's two pillars for evolution, abiogenesis and new useful DNA, right? You don't have either of them. Neither of them can be true, so it doesn't matter. You know, all the other things that, uh, you know, the evidences that they give, without those two things, you, you can't have evolution explain to them, look, it's not even a theory, right? It isn't, it's, it's, it's a hypothesis. It's never been tested, and it can't be retested. And there's never, ever, ever has there been beneficial new DNA. And so uh, it's crazy. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's funny. I'll share that fact. Uh, you know, Willie will, Willie will tell you when we go out evangelizing and whatnot, you know, when, when you get, when we get those people that, that say, you know, I have science, that's, that's when uh, I get to go in the ring <laughs> yeah, as a scientist and an engineer, you know, that's when I tag John into it. Yeah, and I, oh, really, me too. <laughs> you know, that's why I believe. What about you? <laughs> Which often throws people off, you know, like, uh, what? <laughs> but yeah, that's, that's actually a, a little known fact that in the last 150 years that we've been studying evolution since the days of Darwin, there's not been one single recorded instance of a genetic mutation adding information to a genome out of thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of mutations that have been studied, not a single and one. even if it's one, you need an awful lot more than one for it to actually be credible. Well, I'm just... I I just it, would have to be, it would have to be a normal thing. It would have to I be just, the kind of thing where you couldn't even really, you know, dig any deeper than the, than the surface to find it, you know. Yeah, I just give... It, it would take that much. I just give them that factoid to kind of... Well, more or less shake them, shake their worldview on that, you know, to, to give them some truth from that perspective. Um, and then, like you're saying, Jen, you know, you got to be able to segue that back into the gospel, um, you know, and, and point towards, you know, this shows and proves that, you know, we have a creator and this creator who loves you, who designed you, um, you know, has sent his son to die for your sin uh, in your place and, so on and so forth. Um, what I'd like to do real quick, because I realized I kind of skipped over this a little bit in the beginning, Jen, uh, I'd like to backtrack just a little bit 
kind of rewind the tape a little to tape what's a tape <laughs> you know you, you when you when it gets oh, off you oh, stick your man. pinky in there and roll it around that's what it is <laughs> i was well, used a pencil yeah any, to any of our listeners <laughs> who are 20 years old or younger go ask your parents <laughs> <laughs> You know, what my a- kids call it like, Mom, do you have like a mixtape? And I'm like, you don't even, you've never even seen a mixtape. You know, like, that's what they call the playlist. I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, goodness. Yes. Gotta love those mi- mixtapes. You just gotta love them. Uh, <laughs> to rewind. What we, to rewind the VHS. Back before you got involved in ministry, uh, I'd like to know a little bit about your testimony and how you became a Christian. Amen. I, uh, uh, when I became a Christian, I uh, was a, I was a new mom, and I was trying to be a uh, a really good mom. Uh, we had never planned on uh, on being on being parents and having kids, um, but I wanted to be a good mom, and so I ended up. My sister was like Jen. Um, you know, there's this group called Mops, and I don't even know if Mops exists, and I know that the woman who taught it, it's mothers of preschoolers. It's not how you learn how to mop your house up, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, um, but, and she was like, oh, you can go to this group, and I thought, okay, they're it's a church, they're going to talk about Jesus, but they'll help me be a good mom, so we'll put up with the Jesus part. So, I go to the group, and it was interesting because as they taught us on the Bible, through the Bible, you know, how to be a good mom, how to be a, a good wife, I found these things were working. And the one day the woman told me that uh, that someone I loved was going to end up in hell. And I was brokenhearted. I called my sister. I said, Chrissy, do you know our mother's going to hell? And she's like, yes. I'm like, well, what did you do about it? And she's like, uh, you don't understand. I'm like, you're right. You know our mother's going to hell and you didn't do nothing about it. So uh, she said, oh, there's this book by Ray Comfort. You should read it. And uh, I was like, okay. So I got the book and I says, it's, it has a tank on it. She's like, wait, what did you get? I said, it's called Militant Evangelism. She's like, no, that's one of those old books. It has to have Kirk Cameron. So I ended up getting the, the master book, but I could have got, you know what I mean? Uh, the, the Militant Evangelism, I could have got saved reading that book too. It's the same thing, just, you know, right? Um, but read his book and it was the first time I understood that it was me. I was going to hell. And that, uh, and and why did Jesus die on that cross that he paid my fine? And it was so unbelievable. I just got down on the floor in my office and, you know, nose down, prostrate out. Because in the Bible study, we had learned that, you know, when you encounter God, you know, everybody ends up prostrate. So I was like, okay, that's what we're going to do. And cried out to God that I wanted my sins paid for. And uh, I, I knew that very moment that everybody needed to know that. Here I was like 30 years old and never heard this message. This was the greatest news ever. And so uh, I started going out and sharing my faith. Uh, I started going to Steeler games every week. Um, it was around that time of year when I started doing it every week. And I realized I needed a place to uh, to go all the time. And uh, I went down to uh, the University of Pittsburgh and started sharing my faith. And I realized, you know what, every week there's a bunch of uh, people down there who are willing to listen to the gospel. I did that for a couple years. Um, I was actually uh, listening to Wretched, and uh, they they did uh, Witness Wednesdays. Uh, Tiffany, who was the president at the time, um, was doing Witness Wednesday. She was on there every like every other Wednesday. So I, I had a friend who called me, who who like messaged me on Facebook and said, "Oh, there's this." Uh, there's this outreach in New York City. You got to go. I was like, ah, I got plenty of unsaved people here in Pittsburgh. And he was like, no, no, no. You can encourage other women to go and share their faith. I was like, all right, that'll be good. And so that's how I, I learned about uh, CCN. I went out there and it's Repent Witness is four days um, in New York City. It's in you know Union Square and Times Square um, in Washington Square. And it and you just go out and share your faith. And all these people in New York go to these uh, different parks just to go interact with other people. And then we're there and interact with them. And we uh, open our preach there. And it's just it's just awesome. Um, if Union Square, there's a bunch of homeless people there. And it's very cool because 
the uh, homeless people, their entertainment is the open-air preachers. And so they've become very good at being hecklers. And so if you if you can open-air preach and deal with hecklers in Union Square, psh, you can deal with hecklers any place because you have everybody there in Union Square. You have the, the Mormons are there. Jehovah's Witnesses are there. The Harriet Krishnas are there. The... Um, the Muslims, they have tables there and everybody, you know, comes through and you have tons of atheists. And so it's a great outreach. But that's like the Hudson Valley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Only a lot more free and unregulated. What? <laughs> but um, but so but what I found out about CCN is that they were going that they had the Bible studies already prepared. And so what I could do is I could I could become a campus leader for CCN and be able to share the gospel and then invite the students out to Bible study and train them up to do exactly what we were doing. And so I was so excited. And I've been a part of CCN um, ever since. And so uh, two weeks ago, we had our campus mission tour. We spent uh, a week training up local churches. We had five local churches that participated. It was awesome. We did a, a crash course, which we do for free. And then we went on the college campuses during the day. So in the evening time, we had uh, teachings, and then during the day, we were out on the college campuses sharing the gospel. It was amazing. And then on Saturday, we did something I had never done. We went to Kensington, which is North Philly, which was unbelievable. There were needles. There were needles everywhere on the ground from people doing, like, heroin or whatever it is that they do with those needles. And people were, like, shooting up right in front of us as we were witnessing to them. Now, I thought, oh, these guys are going to be so hard and they're not going to listen. You know, we shared the gospel with them and they were very kind to us and listened. And I asked them, you know, what stopped you from repenting, putting your faith in Jesus? Nothing. The one girl we, we shared the gospel with, she took her drugs and threw them in the garbage after we shared the gospel wow. with her. Right. I mean, Absolutely. it was, oh. it was amazing. Yeah. And so even in the, in the like rough neighborhood, right. The law and the gospel it works. Like, you don't need, like, oh, well, you're with these people, so you need to be all about the love, or you're with those people, you need to be all about this. You know what? The law and the gospel is what it's about, right? Going in, going and telling people, this is who Jesus is. This is who God is. He's going to judge you, and this is the mercy that he gave you, right? This is how mercy and justice go together, is the love of Jesus Christ when he died on that cross and rose from the grave, right? And so, it, it's been awesome. And so, um, I've been with, with CCN for 10 years now, and uh, in, in I guess in November, uh, we saw uh, one of my campus leaders emailed and said, oh, one of us has, has to get this job at Wretched, and I was like, what? I was like, all right, I could, I could, I could use some money. And it took about a, a month to, uh, to go through all the interviews and stuff and end up getting the job at Wretched as well, and so I've been very excited. Um, to work for them. It's been very awesome. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you listen to them all those years, and then now I work for them. I'm like, it's sort of almost like a yeah, dream come true. it must be surreal. Cool. Yes, it is. Yeah, you know, you go, I went down and, and went to training, and there's, like, Todd, you know, it's like, he's, like, my boss's boss. It's like, this is very weird. It's very cool, you know? <laughs> Amen. Yeah, because I was like in meetings with Todd, you know. <laughs> well, it's it's cool. Like for the, for the first few weeks, you get to like totally name drop, you know, like shamelessly, and and everybody, you know, is like that's really awesome, you know. Where it's it's cool to name drop, like that's like oh well, you know, in my meeting with Todd Free all yesterday, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was the same way with with my George Foreman interview. It's like, oh well, you know, in my interview with George Foreman, you know, I found out he really hates Southpaws. You know, like, like you know, I, I went to the gym later on that week just to brag about it. You know, just I didn't even work out. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, I guess who did this? You know, it just it's really cool. Yep. Hey, listen, I, I you're not alone, Willie. I was shamelessly doing the same thing at my job. You know, there's, there's people there that are involved in in boxing and whatnot locally in the area. And you know, hey, guess what? My friend Willie did this week. <laughs> oh man, yeah, no, that that's super cool, Jen. Oh man, what a great story! Yeah, that's awesome. God is good. Amen. So, so what it what is it that you do for Wretched now? All right, so I am the uh, uh, campus missions coordinator, 
And so our goal is to hand out one million of What Time is Purple. And it's it's an awesome book. Uh, it walks you through the worldview of a, a materialistic worldview and then also a Christian worldview. And it shows how the materialistic worldview is, statistical, is a statistic impossibility. It's not logical. And it shows that the Christian worldview lines up with reality and then it sh goes in through through and shares the gospel so exactly the same things that we hear on the campus all the time oh i i have science right i i have this and and this one goes exactly to where what their stronghold is and it's been interesting because on the college campus i've gone to about five campuses now and handed out what time is purple i think i've ha i've helped hand out six thousand purple yes um because we did it for three for three days on the campus mission tour in philly and uh i did it at uh universe uh west virginia Pitt, slippery rock um and iup yeah so yeah so that it's been a lot but the interesting thing is is that what happens is is you hand hand them out so if you stay for a couple hours you hand them out Students go in, and it's a 46-page book, so they read them, and they come out and talk to you. And so it's cool because you know they read it because either, one, they're upset because you've attacked their worldview, or they're like, wow, this is awesome. The one young man we uh, shared the gospel with um, at uh, Montgomery Community College, he stood there with us for a half hour. We shared the gospel with him and he stood there for like half hour. And then he's like, oh, I got to go to class. So he goes to class and then he comes back out and he just wanted to hang out with us because he was just, you know, so excited. I, I have my bets that he became a Christian because he just wanted to be with us. Do you know what I mean? After they read it down in uh, West Virginia, it was interesting. We had people that read it and then came out and were angry so very angry <laughs> and i had this one guy he was claiming to be a lutheran but he was so mad that i that we were handing out those booklets he's like i read that booklet and and, and then he was like and we had this sign that says you know are you good enough to get to heaven and he's like well i'm going to take the test and i'm good enough to get to heaven and so we, and i <laughs> took him through the conversion test and he's like well am i good enough to get to heaven i was like well let me share the good news with you so i walked him through the good news he's like so that's it i just have to trust jesus paid the fine and i was like yes you have to you know trust jesus and then repent turn away from breaking his off he's like fine then and he was like his arms and his fingers were hands were shaken and then he walked away and and the guy who was opening up preaching zane he's like so what did you think how did you do and he goes I'm going to heaven because I trusted Jesus. And he was like so mad. And he's like, I don't think that you did, dude. <laughs> oh, my wow. goodness. But, um, oh. but email me at uh, jennifer at gospelpartnersmedia.org. I will email you back with an application. And so uh, all I, I want to know, like, oh, you want to make sure you go to a church you know, do you have some of the right beliefs that you need to believe? And uh, what school are you going to hand them out at? And so then um, I'll, I can send you out as many as you're able to hand out here in the United States uh, on a college campus. And the reaction that we've had from the students has been awesome. The students are really reading the book. Uh, we had one guy who was from uh, Gideon's who that nobody was taking the, their Bibles, but he had a bunch of the What Time is Purple, and the students were <laughs> taking that. And so it was, yeah, so it's it, Well, yeah, it's, I mean, the, the Gideons, I mean, you know, they're, for them, it's What Time is Orange. Right, yes. Well, sometimes they're other colors. True, okay, yeah. fair enough. <laughs> Amen. But, they're, but they're going out really well, and the students are receiving them, and they're uh, reading them, and so we want one million of these to go out and so we're asking people hey we need your hands we need your your time to go out and hand them we'll we'll send them to you for free you just got to send us back you know some testimonies and some pictures so that we can sell people look the people that you you know the money you donated is actually go, getting to use and here's students that are hearing the gospel because of your donations amen, amen. yeah i i for one am extremely excited to, to take part in this. Uh, we actually just got an application approved to use the designated free speech zone at our local community college. 
So this is our first, like, kind of getting our toe in the water of the world of campus ministry. I mean, I've I've been and on that... college campuses before, working alongside with other people. But you know how that goes. If you're working with a different ministry, you know you gotta you gotta play by their rules if you're going to be in their sandbox. So, you know, there it was really really cool, and it was enough to get me really really interested. But this time, it's something that we've been kind of taking like you know from scratch so i'm very excited and uh i can't wait to to start getting it out here in the hudson valley amen i want to encourage you is that one thing that you know when i tell stories everybody always wants to hear like the you know the fun crazy stories right and so i don't want to discourage anybody but really like when i go to to a, a a rural college a lot of times I can share the gospel with 20 people within an hour and I just walk them through the good person to share the gospel with, with them and they thank me and are very gracious. And so, you know, I tell all these crazy stories, but really a lot of my, 90% of my conversations really just walk them through the good person to share the gospel with them. They tell me, oh, I've never heard it like that before. And and they walk away. And, and most of the time that happens Last year, nope, it was a year and a half ago, I shared the gospel with a young lady who is a lesbian and shared the gospel with her a couple times and then gave her a book. There's a prpbooks.org. If you go there, they have all these books, little booklet kind of things that go through like, oh, how to deal with this sin or how to deal with that sin, how to deal with anxiety or depression, things like that. And I got her one that uh, talked about how to you know, walk away from... Uh, that gay lifestyle. And so she repented. She put her faith in Jesus. Uh, all the other, uh, she wanted to come to the Bible study, but all the other, uh, you know, the LGBT crew were like, no, don't go to that Bible study. Don't go to that Bible study. She's mean. And she was like, no, no, she's not. But um, one of the other students called me and said, Jen, I wanted to encourage you that, you know, you shared the gospel with this young lady. She has left Slippery Rock and gone to a college campus down in West Virginia because she was repenting of being a lesbian and knew that it would be too much temptation to stay at Slippery Rock. And so she repented, put her faith in Jesus, was going to a good solid church every week. Um, but I didn't, I didn't, she, I didn't get to hear it from her. But another student called me and told, let me know that that was what had happened. And so, you know, amazing things. God can really use, you know, one or two interactions with a student to really change their life. Wow, it is amazing. Amen. You know, uh, God, God challenged me uh, a couple of years back. Maybe it was three years ago. I can't remember now. <clears throat> but God had challenged me two or three years ago. Um, when I was just starting to get into evangelism, as he was calling me into into this, I mean, everybody's called to evangelize, but as you know, there are some people that just I say have gift of gab when it comes to evangelism. You know what I mean? They just uh, God has given them the office of of that, so to speak. But uh, one of the things God impressed upon my heart and challenged me with was to simply trust the power of the gospel. Um, you know, Romans 1.16 tells us, uh, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power, and the word, the, the Greek word he uses, uh, dunamis, is where we get our word dynamite. It is the, the wild, explosive, unstoppable power of God for, uh, unto the salvation. And we just, you know, God challenged me, and I challenge everybody who's listening, just simply trust the gospel. Just trust in the power of the gospel. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to worry about being crafty with your words. It's already been written for you. Just <laughs> like you've been saying, Jen, just open up scripture. Amen. You know, it's, it's uh, <clears throat> you know, so I encourage everyone to, you know, really study the gospel. Study to show yourself as one who is approved uh, and then get out there and do it, um, and just witness the explosive power of God's word. And no, it's it's not always that you're going to reap the harvest right there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh, Paul said in First Corinthians three, "I sowed seed, Apollos watered it, but God made it grow." So he who plants and he waters is nothing, but only God who makes things grow. It's the the harvest is up to God, but 
we are doing our part in whatever part of the process we are. Um, and yeah, you know, a perfect example was when, this is a funny story too, actually. Uh, I'll try to keep it brief. Willie and I went to a 4th of July parade uh, in Kingston, New York. And we were giving people the good person tests, just street witnessing right on the street. We didn't have no booth or nothing. We actually had to be outside the event, uh, legally speaking. <clears throat> but uh, we had this uh, couple, man, uh, guy and a gal come up to us who were uh, not dating or nothing. They were part of some sort of a political group. Do you remember like what they're, I don't know, they were yeah, it was petitioning some for some sort of a politician. Yeah, a petition for some politician or something. And so, you know, they wanted us to sign it. We explained to them we're part of a ministry, so we have a policy. We don't get involved in politics. But if, you know, if you uh, listen to what we have to say, we'll listen to what you have to say, <laughs> you know, kind of. So they were like, okay, sure. So, you know, the the young lady starts talking to, to um, Willie, and the young man starts talking to me. And so, of course, Willie just happens to get the uh, nice, sweet young lady who just recently converted to Christianity, who's looking for a church. She's, you know, young, peppy, and excited about her faith. And they just had a jolly old time. And I oh, got Oh, yeah, you know, we passed around the tea and crumpets and, you know, just, ha, 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 you know. It, it was delightful. <laughs> Seriously. And just, just four feet away, I was dealing with the most hard-nosed, bitter oh bitter atheist <laughs> oh man that was just a fun it was a let's say fun experience i guess but it was kind of an interesting experience you know him and i went back and forth with some apologetics and i was able to segue it into the gospel for him but it was fascinating for me to watch him as he was talking he was talking himself into a frenzy. I actually said very little. I was very lucky. God gave me the opportunity to even squeak in the gospel yeah. in there because he was talking so much. And the more he talked, the angrier he got. And, and the more he talked, the faster he started to talk and the louder he started to talk. And he was just, you know, going and going and going and just working himself up into this, this mad frenzy. And I just stood there and listened. Like <laughs> I couldn't, I figured, well, I'm not going to get a word in edgewise. So I might as well just, you know, step back yeah, and, just, and you listen know, to him. Pick up the popcorn and, and you know, just go to town. Seriously, like I, I just—that's I mean, what just I was doing and politely listened, <laughs> and he just kept going and going, and, and I'm thinking to myself, I haven't said a single word to him, and he's already mad at me. Wow, the gospel right? is powerful, <laughs> right? It's because you're a representation of God, right? So this is some really, really cool stuff. I've had a great time so far. We're kind of getting to a point where we need to start wrapping up. Um, so Jennifer, how can our listeners get involved with the What Time is Purple project and anything else that you're doing in ministry? Amen. So what you want to do is email me at jennifer at gospelpartnersmedia.org. And it's J-E-N-I-F-E-R at gospelpartnersmedia.org. If you want to get involved in uh, CCN, you can go to www. Uh, changercampus.com or email me at jennifer j-e-n-i-f-e-r at changercampus.com and uh, let us know hey i'm interested in being a campus leader i want to get trained up we want to go on to repent witness we want to go we want to go to your cmt uh, or you want to be trained up yeah and what good. people do to get involved with the purple book initiative yeah so you can uh, email me at gospelpartnersmedia.org. You can go check out the book at uh, whattimeispurple.org. You go on there and you can read the book and see what it's about. It'll give you al at wretched.org's uh, email address. And if you talk about doing it on the campus, Al will email me and, and forward your information to me to, uh, to set you up. And we have a nice little form that I'll send you. You'll fill it out and I'll get back to you. All right, very good. So you mentioned a couple of times that uh, you, you are from Pittsburgh. So I gotta, I gotta ask, how do, how do you like your steak? Uh, I just, I, I put it under the broiler and 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 
burn it on each side and and so it's it's sort of like done on the outside and totally uh totally red in the middle you know what's funny is that that is actually pittsburgh style in the rest of the country i had no idea that that was a thing i mean obviously like in pittsburgh it's just steak yes where you know any other way of having steak is uh, like non-pittsburgh style where you have to add that on but yeah everywhere else i mean i i've I've worked in places where they sell in restaurants where they sell steaks, and if they want it Pittsburgh style, they ha- if they want it cooked like that, they have to say Pittsburgh style. So I didn't uh, even know that was the style. That's so crazy. Yeah, like, so, that's just how you cook steak. Yeah, I mean, I, I certainly I can get behind it. You know, I, I could. I mean, I enjoy a steak however it's put in front of me. Just I'm a, I'm just a very grateful eater. You know, I mean, you take a look at me and you'll see how grateful I am for for all the food I get. But <laughs> so. The final question I want to ask, and this is something I love to ask all of our listeners, in your own words, what does it mean to fight until the bell rings? Amen. It means going out and sharing the gospel, not being ashamed of the gospel to the very end. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, you're going to retire, you're going to retire. Well, you know, you're in ministry. There's no retirement for ministry, right? To the the final moment on your deathbed, you should be sharing the gospel with the uh, nurses and the doctors, right? And so... Uh, continuing to to lead, continuing to trust trust God and who He is, and continuing to go out and share the gospel. That is uh, that's what I believe that it is. Amen. Very good. Well, folks, this was this has been a really really cool interview so far, and um, so that was Jennifer Pepling. This has been great. I, I John, I don't know about you, but I had a great time for sure. This has got to be probably one of our most fun guest interviews. Hey, definitely got on again, Jen. You guys yeah. will have to do it, and then I'll tell you about my first meeting with Ray Comfort. So that's what you got to look forward if you have me on again. All right, so don't touch that doll, oh, guys. I don't want to hear it. Uh, are we really out of time? Yes, I'm afraid so. Jennifer, if you would be so kind as to pray for our audience, that'd be great. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. For uh, all the people that go out and share the gospel, I pray that they would be bold, that you would give them the words to say, that they would have the courage to not be ashamed of the gospel in all things. Lord, we ask that you would cause everyone to go out and share the gospel, that many would be saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much. Well, as always, this is Willie Needham. And John Williams. And Jennifer Pepling. All reminding you to fight Fight until until the bell bell rings. Thank you for tuning in to the Set the Captives Free Ministries Evangelism Podcast, Fight Until the Bell Rings. The views and opinions expressed in these interviews do not necessarily reflect those of Set the Captives Free Ministries. If you wish to contact us to send a donation or to schedule an interview to be on our show, go to our website at www.scfministry.com. May the Lord bless you and keep you always.